Welcome to the Vacation Races and Friends podcast. A podcast about events, travel, and the people who love both. Find more episodes at vacationraces.com. Welcome back. It's the Vacation Races and Friends podcast, and this is the special edition, episode two of the Grand Circle Troll Fest. In this episode, we are going to be talking to race director Anna Basso Hosford all about the Bryce Canyon Thursday course and the logistics. So here we go. Day number one. Bryce Canyon. Grand Circle Let's Trail Let's start Fest. out with a hearty breakfast. <laughs> I know. It's going to be a doozy of a race Because it's going to be a hearty day, isn't it? Okay. That. Well, first I want to preface this though. Bryce Canyon, okay. historically speaking, has been the most difficult day. It is a long day. Yes. It's a high day. There's a lot of temperature swings that go on. It's a challenging course in and of itself, but everybody always says they love Bryce. Yes, it's, and if you've come to this event, you might've heard or seen from experience that they say, you guys warned us, you told us, but I still did not mentally prep for how hard it was going to be. So let us just say right now, like we're telling you so, and you're going to be able to do it, but it's going to be hard in in more ways than you might be expecting is all. Well, and I think just setting up, like you said, setting up that expectation that this is going to be slow. This is tough terrain out there. There's a lot of ups and downs, even though you have a, it's a lot of downhill actually on this course, but the downhill's a little bit different. It's a little more technical. It's a little bit steeper. The surface yeah. is a different surface than you're probably used to being on. So basically right out of the gate, Take your expectations of what you're going to run this course in and throw them out the window and go enjoy Bryce Canyon. Enjoy Thunder Mountain. Yeah. Enjoy the Golden Wall. Enjoy the place that you're at. And don't worry about how fast you're going, how slow you're going. Go and enjoy it. We're going to provide everything you need and just have a great time. The one way to battle elevation and tricky courses is to slow down, hands down. So, Let's set that expectation right now. Slow down. You're going to love it. So Anna, let's, I like how you said, let's dive into the schedule first. We're back waking up at Festival HQ. If you need to know more information about the festival and about check-in and things like that, you're just jumping into this episode, make sure and go back and listen to episode one of the Grand Circle Trail Fest because we're actually going to be doing four different episodes. That first episode dedicated to all of the Festival HQ logistics and things like that. Here we are. We're waking up in the Canyon Cove. It's a little bit chilly in the morning, and we're going to go head to breakfast. What time does breakfast start? Breakfast is going to start promptly at 5 a.m. And this is a grab-and-go breakfast. Um, we'll have things like um, oranges, some yogurt, some some protein bars, uh, maybe a boiled egg, things like that. It's, it's very small, very light, so to speak, so that you can run, but it's enough to get you fueled. Obviously, if you have specific dietary restrictions or needs for your runs, make sure you plan and bring that, but we will have breakfast for you in the mornings. We'll have hot coffee, chocolate, or hot cocoa. Um, bagels. Oatmeal You're going to have option. some bagels. Bagels. Yes. Thank you. Bagels there's, are there's good. There's a one. lot of options. They're really, you don't, you don't have to overeat just get what you need and get going because the window for breakfast is quite slim because breakfast starts at five 
but you need to get on the road quite quickly from that point to get up to Bryce, whether you're driving yourself, um, it takes about an hour, 25 minutes to get to the parking lot if you're driving, or if you're taking the shuttle, the shuttle start loading at 5.30, just right near the festival at the south portion, just beyond that rec center. That's where the shuttle loading area is if you pre-reserve the shuttle. So you need to get on those as early as 5.30. They leave by 5.45. So everybody needs to be on the road, whether it's your own personal vehicle, you're hitching a ride with a friend or in, your, in a shuttle um, between that 5.30, 5.45 window or earlier, depending if you if you just want to make sure you're getting there on time. Just So keep in mind, it's truly a grab and go breakfast. It's not a sit and meander and sit there for 45 minutes enjoying a, a nice hot breakfast. Well, and what I love is we've got some little bags. We have amazing volunteers who help with the breakfast too. Amazing yeah. volunteers. And they'll have a little bag for you so you can kind of put the stuff in the bag. And you have about an hour and 25 minute drive to get up to where you're going to park and start the race. So you have plenty of time to eat while you're on the way. You don't want to eat too early because, you yeah. know, you've got to have that fuel for when you're ready to run. So grab and go, get out there and let's get you on the road. Nerding out on data, perfecting the optimal training and nutrition plan, aiming for progression in PRs. Sound like you? Well, Gnarly Nutrition can relate. Featuring a full line of honest sports nutrition products, Gnarly provides the best nutrition possible for all types of mountain athletes. Because they offer great tasting and reputable products, Vacation Races trust Gnarly to be the on-course hydration sponsor. With the low-calorie, high-electrolyte Gnarly Hydrate for shorter races and the calorie, electrolyte, and amino acid-filled Gnarly Fuel 2.0 for longer races. Gnarly is here, taking the bonking out of your big day. Use code vacation 15 during checkout at gonarly.com for 15% off. I want to go through just to make it really, really clear, Anna, there's two ways that you can get there. Shuttles or driving your own personal vehicle. How do I get on? Like, have I signed up for a shuttle? Can I pay for a shuttle? If now I'm just learning that there's a shuttle, tell me how that works. That's a good question. So shuttles are something you would have had to do prior or uh, prior to the event. So during registration, we are we are really slim on shuttle spots from Kanab, but that's not a problem. We actually encourage you to drive if you'd like to go and see the park because you would want your own vehicle to go and do things afterward. However, depending on your circumstance, we have shuttles if you want to pre-reserve those. So if you reserved a shuttle at the beginning of or during registration, you're going to catch that shuttle and that shuttle will actually drive directly to the start line for the Bryce Canyon race. If you're driving yourself, you're going to be driving to a centralized parking area in Bryce Canyon City, where we will have a complimentary shuttle that's taking you from that parking area to the start line. So nobody's driving to the start. Nobody's driving to the finish. Um, you're either getting shuttled directly to there from Kanab, or you're driving to a parking lot and getting shuttled. It's about a 15-minute ride from if you're, if you're driving. It's about a 15-minute shuttle ride from the parking area to the start line in the morning. Yeah. So actually, if you're driving yourself, you're going to be driving right past the start line and you're going to be like, hello, start line. You need to keep on going straight on Highway 12 mm -hmm. until you get into Bryce Canyon City. We will have parking volunteers there in Bryce Canyon by Ruby's Inn. Bryce Canyon City is very, very small, you guys. It is literally like yeah. just a few buildings, just a couple blocks. We'll have parking available yeah. in different locations and we'll have a shuttle pickup area where you'll walk from the parking to the shuttle pickup area. One thing I want to note is 
it, it is really small and there's not a whole lot going on that early in the morning, but you might be directed to a parking lot there. It's not a single centralized lot, but they're all fairly close to each other just from off of the main road. So if you go to the lot, make sure you study the race guide ahead of time to see where that shuttle pickup location is because shuttles won't be coming to each lot. Again, the lots are close together, but there's only one shuttle pickup spot and that's what we call, it's the one near the rodeo grounds. So depending on which lot you get directed to based on the time of when you show up, you might have to walk a ways just to go get on that shuttle. So keep that in mind. If you don't see a shuttle, you might need to walk to get to that shuttle pickup spot. So that rodeo ground um, pickup location, just for your reference, if you want to look in the race guide, it's off of Highway 63, which is the road that cuts right through the town of Bryce and 100 East. So if you're parking in the lot that is in 100 East, that is the nearest lot to the shuttle pickup spot. Okay. And it's really easy to find. You can see and you can identify the rodeo grounds very easily when you're driving and it's not, Mm -hmm. it's not a hard thing. So that's where you're going to go. So we have the shuttle from Canab, which you had to reserve and you have, do we have a separate wristband for that? If you're on a shuttle, Anna? Yes. Okay. So if you, when you get your bib, you will have a different colored wristband from anybody who didn't get a shuttle. So if you got, if you did not get a shuttle, your wristband will just say meal ticket and it's blue. But if your bib has attached a wristband that is red, it will say meal and shuttle that gets you into the meals, obviously for the dinner. But that's also your ticket to get on the shuttle. Um, and keep in mind that that's not a shuttle for every day unless you reserved a shuttle for every day. Some people wanted it for one day over another because maybe they've been there or they have different travel plans. Um, so you will only be allowed on the shuttle for those days you purchased specifically. Okay. So shuttle from Canab, you got to have a different wristband for that. That shuttle will be loading at 5.30 and leaving by 5.45 from Canab and going directly to the start line. If you're driving your own personal vehicle, you're going to head north up Highway 89 until you get to Highway 12. You're going to bang a right on Highway 12. It's very easy to get to. Head through Red Canyon and you will go into Bryce Canyon City parking at Ruby's Inn. The directions, all of the links are in the race guide. We actually have map links in there that you can use. And this is a really easy one to navigate. It's not, it's not tough at all. Just follow those Bryce Canyon signs and you are going to get right there. So you get on that shuttle. If you're parking in Bryce City, get on that shuttle. We'll and we'll be at the start line. So if you've run with us before, the start line's in a little bit different place than it was last year. It's right off of Highway 12. Like we said, when you're driving by into Bryce Canyon City, you actually will see the start line. But no, you cannot park there. No, you cannot drop runners off there. So even if someone is driving you and dropping you off, you cannot turn in to the start line area. There's absolutely positively no parking there. It is And do not pull off to the side of the road even. That's a good point too. You need to go to Bryce. Even if you're getting dropped off, you still need to go to Bryce Canyon City to catch that shuttle. Please don't be that guy. Don't make Anna have to get mad at you. It's not, it's just not fun. Mad Anna's not cool. Mad Anna is not cool. So it doesn't happen very often, but she will have to get mad at you if you are like, it's quick, we're just getting out, my husband. No, 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 no. Please drive into Bryce City. Take that shuttle back. It's only like, like you said, 12, 15 minutes. It's not a very long shuttle. So very easy. So we're going to get you started. If you've been with us before, you are going to be actually running a few extra miles 
to get to the Thunder Mountain Trailhead, which is going to be kind of nice, Anna, because it's going to spread everybody out. So when we get on that single track, Mm -hmm. it's not going to be as crowded. You'll have a lot more space and things like that. So I think it will be a good change. So a little couple extra miles. Um, They aren't too difficult of miles. There's a little incline to get up to that trailhead. But as Colleen said, it's a, it's kind of a single lane dirt road gives you a chance to spread out pass, get in your rhythm before you get to the actual trailhead and that single track trail where it really chokes down quickly. Um, so this, this actually is good to get you started, get your lungs used to that 7,800 feet elevation and get onto that beautiful trail that's ahead. Yeah, it is absolutely gorgeous. It is called the Thunder Mountain Trailhead and it's iconic in this area. It's actually part of the Red Canyon area. It's not actually in Bryce Canyon, but it looks amazing. It looks just like Bryce Canyon. I love the pictures that come off this course. Once you're on that single track, you're going to kind of be weaving through these juniper forests as you kind of drop down that Thunder Mountain Trail. And you're going to have some beautiful hoodoos. Hoodoos are the stacks of red rocks that you're going to see. They come in all shapes and sizes. There's some beautiful areas for taking some great pictures. Hydration has never looked so good. Hydroflask brings you the best and brightest bottles, tumblers, and outdoor kitchenware. Strikingly simple and durable. Hydroflask reusable items are perfect for your outdoor adventures. Discover your best travel mate on hydroflask.com or follow at hydroflask on Instagram. Let's talk about trail markers. And we're going to see the same trail markers all three days here at Grand Circle Trail Fest. And they're all going to be pink ribbons. And Mike Versieg is going to be our course manager. He's going to be out there kind of handling all those things. Kind of talk about how this marking is going to go. Okay. So pink ribbons, these are clips that we've manufactured that they attached to clothespins. Typically we have some ground flags where necessary, or if it needs, if we need to make a path, but we use these clothespins wrapped in reflective tape and pink ribbons that we will attach to plants, trees, near rocks, um, to keep you on the right path. Most of the courses that you will be running into are pretty apparent paths, but sometimes there are branch trails that lead in or lead away from that main trail you might be on. So in addition to the pink flags, we're going to have signage that has arrows, maybe some wrong way signs so, so that we make sure that you stay on the maintained path that we intend you to run on. Like for example, um, at, in Zion, there's going to be some offshoot trails where you might shoot off and then back on. Um, Those are very short delays or detours, and they'll usually get you back on the right path. But it's in your best interest to keep looking for those pink markers. They're spaced every maybe 20 to 30 yards. Usually, if it's an apparent trail, they might be more spaced out. But if it's tricky, if there's any tricky places to navigate, or if there's multiple intersections of trails, it's heavily marked. So we make sure that you're staying on the right path. So again, if it's a well-established trail, maybe fewer and far in between, but typically you should be able to see from one marker to the next, unless it's apparent that that's the only trail you're on. So the pink markers is what you will be looking for on all three days of the races. Okay, pink, pink ribbons. You're gonna get so used to seeing pink ribbons. So follow the pink ribbons. As far as the single track, Anna, and kind of talk me through surface and how narrow some of this is and what kind of some things that we need to be careful with on this course. Okay. So I've run this course a few years ago at Trail Fest. You're on the inclines. 
especially on the descent, as Colleen mentioned, she uh, it, it can be technical. It's not just a, a basic downhill. You might have some switchbacks to deal with, and it's kind of a, a hard packed dirt or clay, but sometimes there's a smaller, looser gravel on top. So it can feel kind of slippy and, and uneasy. There are certain sections where there's almost like steps. They're built in with railroad ties because there are trail rides that happen on parts of these trails. And so that makes it easy to navigate um, and keep, keep from erosion with these rail railroad ties making steps. So keep in mind, you'll have some narrow areas as narrow as, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe, maybe a foot wide. Yep. I mean, um, it would be then a, it opens up a little bit, more. right? A single person, little, little sections here and there. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes people have asked us, they're like, what's the exposure on this course as far as how close to the edge am I? There are some sections that you will feel tight, but your footing is always good footing. Your footing is never going to mm -hmm. be a compromised footing when you're on those more exposed sections. Would you agree with that, Anna? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So just slow One down. Thing I wanted to mention is a little bit of um, trail etiquette, especially for Bryce, um, just because it's quite a bit of narrower single track. So one thing to keep in mind is first, if you're running with earbuds in, keep one out so that you can hear. Um, if you're going at a slower pace, try to hug the right side of the trail if, if there are a side, so to speak. And if you're that runner who is passing or taking on a runner ahead of you, say runner your left, I recommend getting their attention before just barreling and going. Just saying runner left and going for it. They might not hear you, you might startle them. They didn't actually know you were coming. So kind of acknowledge that they heard you and if you're that person being passed, passed, say, okay, or kind of wave your hand along to let them indicate that, that they're free to pass. That's just a little bit of courtesy from both the runner being passed and that passer. So be courteous to each other, realize your pace. But also if you're one of those faster runners, realize that just because you're fast doesn't mean you can, you know, throw your elbows and get through the crowds that quicker. This is a community thing. Be kind to each other encourage one another, no matter what speed anybody's going. No, I think that's great. You are sharing this trail. You probably will see a few horses out there. You might some, see some other hikers out there. And if you are going to be coming upon a group of horses, just know that horses always have the right of way. That is just standard trail yes. protocol. Horses always have the right of way, which means you need to stop and you need to step off wherever you can safely off the side of the trail and let those horses through. So that is just general etiquette, trail protocol, nationwide, worldwide trails mm -hmm. are uh, trails always are yielded to horses first. So if you do have some of our horse friends who are up there, please make sure to yield to them and don't go running by the horses because if you've worked with horses before, you know that that is not a great situation for them. So you probably, this early in the morning, you're not going to see any mountain bikers or anything like that. It's a little too cold for them. This is an iconic mountain bike route, but the horses and some other hikers you may run into. So just use yeah. our common courtesy and be really nice. want to back up for just a second, Anna, because as we start the race, as we have that 7.30 start, we're going to make it a rolling start. But if you're one of the competitive runners, you're running for awards, you need to toe the line at 7.30 and be out there because you will be competing off of gun time. So if you start at, you know, 745, you're competing on gun time and you don't want to do that. So if you're being competitive, we encourage you to get out right then at 730. 
And then from that point on, we're just going to kind of roll the runners out, which means as your shuttles show up, we're just going to have you get go to the bathroom, drop off your gear bags, and then go ahead and go. So that will help yes. to spread things out. We have two miles to spread out on the road. Hopefully that can get those faster runners in a good seating where they are not going to be, you know, with other people. But there's always times that you're going to have to pass people. So mm-hmm. just using that courtesy because some people are not as comfortable and confident on single track as you might be. And so just acknowledge mm-hmm. that and give them a little bit of time to make sure you're making your way around. So the rolling starts also going to help us out. But if you're one of those competitive runners, you need to be there right for the start at 730. So plan your driving and yep. your shuttle time for that so that you're out there. But then the rolling start is so nice. For over 40 years, Nathan has provided best-in-class running essentials designed to help runners enhance and improve their performance mile after mile and year after year. From our hydration vests and handhelds to our safety gear and apparel, Nathan products deliver on what matters most to you. Intuitive design, comfort, quality, and smart storage. Check us out at NathanSports.com or follow at NathanSportsInc on Instagram. I just want to back up just a little bit because I do want to talk about the temperatures at Bryce. It can be pretty darn chilly at the start. Yeah. Historically, or the averages, it says Bryce Canyon City this time of year. It's like the lows in the lows of 40s. However, Colleen and I were there just last year, this time again, and it was it was lower than 40, would you say? It was much lower than 40. And and when you're watching your thermometer as you're driving up Highway 89, just know that there's some places on Highway 89 that are very, very cold, much colder than actually at Bryce, Bryce Canyon City. So it, uh, yes, it was very cold. So I would encourage you to bring some good warm layers with you to Bryce, a hat, make sure you have a good jacket, make sure you've got some pants and we're going to have gear bags available for you. You don't need you don't need to bring them. All you need to do is show up to the start. You can strip those clothes off. We'll put them in the gear bag. We'll bring them to the finish line for you. But I would highly recommend to have some warm clothes with you because you probably are going to need them. And I'd rather you not need them than not have them. So bring your right. warm clothes, especially if you're going to be taking the shuttle and you might have to wait for that shuttle in Bryce Canyon City. You park over at Ruby's. You have to wait a few minutes to board your shuttle. We just don't want you guys to get uncomfortable and get cold while you're out there. Mm-hmm. Glad you brought that up. We actually have as part of your swag, um, little cinch bags with a little rectangle. You can write your name on it. So it's a reusable gear check bag that you can use and take advantage of. It's part of your swag. You're going to get a race shirt, a sweatshirt, a tin mug, and this gear check bag. So bring what you would like. And that's the bag that we can take to the finish line for you. We will also have um, white garbage bags. If you forget that bag, or you need a little bit more space, but try to keep things contained in that approximate size. But yeah, like Colleen says, plan on layers, um, wear your layers. Everybody's going to want to have a pack just because there's aid stations far and few between. You're going to need to make sure you're hydrated, have your nutrition, and you can stash anything. I always like to tell people a couple good tips to moderate your temperature. I run on the cool side, so I like to bundle up more than your average runner. But a good way to moderate your temperature is gloves and a hat because gloves, when your hands are warm, you feel like your whole upper body is warm because your legs are doing a lot of the work, especially at Bryce. Your head is where all your heat's escaping, and so 
your head or a beanie or something like that. So gloves and a beanie really help with um, monitoring your temperatures, but they don't take up a lot of space. So you can just crunch those things down, put them in your pack. Obviously a jacket if you need it, light running jacket, things like that. But um, you can, you'll be able to get by with not something terribly bulky, but still be prepared and plenty warm too. Yeah. And the temperature is going to rise very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. When we start at 730, the sun is just barely starting to come up and that's the coldest part of the day. And when we finish at Bryce, generally I have stripped down like three or four layers down by the time we're done. We're in t-shirts and shorts by the end. So keep that in mind. Most people are going to end up in t-shirts and shorts while they're running. So like Anna said, have those layers with you, be able to stash them in your pack when you don't need them or carry them on your person or something like that. But definitely prepare for all of that. Generally speaking, this is a warm course. It's a cold start, but the course itself tends to be warm because you're up at higher elevation. You're more exposed and the sun at higher elevation is quite warm. And um, it yeah, just feels really a, intense. Yeah, it feels sun. a whole lot stronger when you're at that elevation. And speaking of elevation, because I know some of you are like, but I'm from Florida, Colleen. What am I going to do? You're going to be just fine because you're going to stay really, really hydrated and you're going to slow down. Those are the two main things that you really need to do when you are at elevation. And also we're going to have electrolyte drink out there. You're going to manage your electrolytes. You're going to manage your hydration. And the course is going to go up to about 8,300 feet before it starts dropping off. And then you will end down back around 7,000 feet. So those are kind of your ranges of elevation. Hydrate, 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 hydrate. On your way to Trail Fest, you should be hydrating. You know, once you're peeing clear, then switch over to a sports drink or something like that and make sure you're getting those electrolytes in each and every day leading up. Then make sure you're carrying hydration. And that's one thing that we really want to hit on. We kind of talked about how this start's going to go and what we're going to see as far as single track and surface out there, Anna. But we don't have an aid station until mile 9.1. Yeah, that's quite a distance that some of you might not be used to. Um, So carrying a hydration pack is crucial. And one thing I also wanted to point out is we are cup free event. Um, All vacation races events are cup free, which means we won't have cups for you at the aid station or the finish line. So you are going to need to have your own means of hydrating. So if you've got say a running pack with a two liter bladder, but you're going to want some electrolytes, make sure you've got a collapsible cup or an extra bottle or something like that to get those electrolytes at the aid station, in addition to refueling your refilling your water. So make sure you're hydrating along the course, um, you know, gauge yourself, what you need to plan for, what you need to bring, like you should know yourself as far as how much you need to drink and stay hydrated, um, extra calories. We will have honey stinger gels. We'll have bananas. We'll have, um, some candies and maybe some simple cut up fruit at the aid station in addition to just gels. Uh, but make sure you take advantage to replenish yourself because that's your one and only aid station for this course. And it's quite late in the whole thing of it. It's kind of a remote area as far as accessing the trails. And so this is the, that's, that's why it makes the aid station later in the race, just because those trails are a little inaccessible space to set up an actual aid station can be tricky further up. And so it has to be at this point. So Keep that in mind, plan ahead, 
and make sure you anticipate that um, so that you aren't running out of water at mile five, for example. Yeah. What would you suggest, Anna, as far as how much water to carry on this course? I personally would carry a a two liter bladder pack. Um, Just like Colleen mentioned, it's better to be overprepared than not. Say you don't go through all of that by mile nine. You probably should be close to running out at that point. Um, at that at that point in the race, um, I'm. I tell you one thing, but I'm actually the worst at implementing it. I'm not the best hydrator. I admit it. Um, so I'm like I'm a sipper when it comes to hydration. But carrying something such as a two liter bladder pack is not a bad idea, um, especially given the elevation, given the exposure to the sun and everything that you might be running into those those hills will slow you down so you want to make sure you're staying hydrated for that so yeah carry a two liter pack if at minimum a handheld that's at least bottles that equate to a liter at minimum yes i I would say a minimum of one liter and then two liters would probably be your your good standard to go with and again i'd rather see you not drink it then see you run out of water because nine right. miles is a while. I do want to say you still show up to the aid station, even if you've gone through one liter only from your two liter pack at the aid station, top off. For sure. Your next section, it's even warmer in the day. You've got quite a bit of hill climbing ahead of you still. Um, just because your first half, you only drink a, late, a liter fill up anyways, because your last half could be that much harder. Right. The last half, you actually go up the Golden Wall, which is absolutely beautiful. It's part of Red Canyon State Park. It's gorgeous, but it has some really tough climbs. And you can see that on the elevation profile. We're just not going to mince words anymore with Bryce Canyon. It's going to be hard. You're going to be out there on the Golden Wall and you're going to be like, this was harder than the first nine miles that I did. So make sure you're planning for that. Make sure you, I love how you said that, Anna. Doesn't matter what you come in the aid station with. Top off, grab some some honey singer gels to take with you so that you have it on the course because it's probably going to take you longer than you think it's going to take you. And that's okay. It's totally okay. We're not we're not here to break any land speed records. Maybe some of you are. Maybe there's like three of you who are, but the rest of us are just going to go and enjoy and take some beautiful pictures up there on the Golden Wall. So that's some really, really sound advice right there. So make sure you're carrying things. Make sure you have layers on two liters of water, make sure you're topping off when you get that opportunity at 9.1 and carry some extra fuel with you as well. All great tips for Bryce Canyon. Honey Stinger helps you prepare, perform, and recover throughout your athletic journey. Made with delicious honey and organic ingredients, Honey Stinger provides the fuel you need to push harder and go farther. Discover what all the buzz is about on HoneyStinger.com. Use code VACATIONRACE30 for 30% off organic waffles, chews, gels, bars, and hydration to help you sweeten the burn. So you're going to be doing the entire Thunder Mountain Trail, and then you'll be getting to that aid station at 9.1. It's really remote back there. There's no place to put an aid station, but there is a cutoff at this aid station. So 9.1 miles in, what's our cutoff? So we have a cutoff of 11.30 a.m. So regardless of when you start, that gives you up from three to four hours to get to that point. So no matter what time you started your race, if you start at 7.30, if you start 8, 8.15, depending on when you get to the start line, the cutoff for this aid station at mile 9.1 is 11.30 a.m. So if you aren't through that aid station and continuing on with your race by 11.30, we as the race officials will pull you because 
further into the race, um, as Colleen mentioned, how remote it is, it's going to be that much more difficult to extract you from any other point. So this aid station is accessible by road and it's actually near the finish. So we will guide you over to the finish line. You can still, you know, celebrate in the festivities, get your finish line box, things like that, get back on the shuttle, but we will pull you from the aid station at 1130 AM if you're not through it by then. Okay. So overall, every runner has five hours to complete the race though, which okay. is, equates to a 20 minute mile. Okay. So 1130 time cutoff at the aid station, regardless of when you start at 1130. Now yeah. you start because of the rolling start, you could start your race anytime between like 730 and 815 ish. When your time starts, you have five hours on the course to get a qualifying time to finish. Right. Perfect. Okay. So five hours in the course. So if I start at 730, I have to be done by 1230 in order to have a qualifying time on the course. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Time to be listed a a finish time for you. Perfect. Um, As as Colleen said, if you're going for an overall top spot, that's based on gun time and you need to be at the front of the very first start of the race at 730. Everybody else is chip time based, which means when you cross that start line mat, your personal time starts. And then upon crossing the finish line mat, that is what finishes clocking your time. Okay. All right. So we've got these cutoffs there. 9.1, aid station, 1130 on the clock. Okay. You've got 1130. Once 1130 hits, you won't be able to continue through that aid station. You have five hours as a course cutoff. So from the time that you start, you have five hours to complete the course as long as you're making it through that 9.1 cutoff at 1130. So keep those things in mind right there. Okay, good stuff right there. Anna, what if I have some people coming to the race that want to spectate? How does that work? Unfortunately, the nature of Trail Fest is not very spectator friendly. However, Bryce Canyon itself is very spectator friendly. So a lot of things aren't open that early in the morning. So say you've got a friend or family member dropping you off at the shuttle pickup spot in Bryce Canyon City. Maybe walk over to Ruby's, get a coffee, go find a little breakfast place, or just hang out in the car, take a nap, whatever you need to do, because you will unfortunately not be able to catch your runner starting the race. The shuttle in the morning that takes people from the parking lot to the start line is for runners only. We need to keep those shuttles dedicated to keep runners moving um, in a tight turnaround time. And so we don't want to overcrowd those shuttle seats with spectators just to shuttle them back after they watch the runner. To be frank, it's it's not that spectacular of uh, like a big summation of everybody gathering and starting at once. Because of the nature of the rolling start, if you were there watching a runner, it'd be like, okay, see ya. And then you get back on the shuttle. So to minimize all of that hassle, there are no spectators at the start line. Do not drive to the start line. Do not get on a shuttle to the start line. Um, you will see a runner at the finish. So um, you will be able to catch a shuttle if you go park in those same parking lots that the runners did in Bryce Canyon City. And I'll reference you to the race guide to see a map of that. You're going to catch a shuttle over to the finish line to see your runner finish. Um, it's near the Red Canyon campground area. There is no parking at this finish line. Um, the Forest Service has asked us to make sure we keep things clear for fellow tourists and tour buses and other things that are happening around we do not have complete control closure of this trail. And so make sure that we're following and keeping in the guidelines of the Forest Service. We cannot have people parking at the finish. So once again, as a spectator, 
you are welcome at the finish to watch your runner come in, but you will need to catch a shuttle, a race operated shuttle that takes you from the parking lot to the finish line. And then once your runner finishes, we'll get you all shuttled back to your vehicles. Perfect. Okay. That makes complete sense. And spectators, just help us out with that. We are just so limited in this area, that whole Red Canyon area. There's no parking on the shoulders or anything like that. So really help us with that. We just got to get Bryce underneath our belt and don't take it for granted. Get out there, take some pictures, look at how beautiful it is. It's kind of like Disneyland because Thunder Mountain is just like the Thunder Mountain Railroad. It looks just like the Thunder Mountain Railroad, ups and downs and hoodoos and all sorts of red things. It's and a geological wonder. You're going to really, really enjoy it out there. So, and don't forget, we have Race Joy that's available for all of our courses. And on Race Joy, I built in some fun messaging to tell you all about this area in Bryce Canyon. So, if you start your Race Joy tracking app when you start your event, then you'll be able to hear all this cool stuff about this area while you're running. So, kind of a fun thing, a little plug for our Race Joy app right there to make sure to do that. Okay. Anna, we've gone through the start line. We've gone through gear check. We've talked about cold temperatures. We've talked about the cutoff at mile 9.1. We've recommended what we should have. We've warned, warned you about the golden wall. As beautiful as it is, you're going to be cursing its name while you're out there. But you're eventually going to come into the finish line. You're going to earn that first of three medals that you're going to get here at Grand Circle Trail Fest. Once we finish up our race for the day, Anna, what's kind of the procedure to get back to Kanab? If you are one of those individuals who took the shuttle from Kanab originally in the morning, we will have dedicated shuttles at the finish line that are going back to Kanab. Make sure you get on those right ones um, because those are going to Kanab and not returning. If you are, if you drove differently or if you drove up to Bryce Canyon, we'll have different shuttles that will take you back to your parking lot. So they'll drop you off again. It's, it's only a couple more minutes than that initial 12 to 15 minute um, drive in the morning getting you back to your vehicle so that you can do your own thing up to your own timetable and going to see the park or going to grab some lunch, whatever you'd like to do. Yes. And it is so great at Bryce Canyon because if you drive yourself, it is such an easy drive to go see so much of Bryce Canyon. Bryce Canyon is yeah. very, very drivable because it's an amphitheater and you view it from the top of the amphitheater. So even if your legs are tired and you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to do any more hiking, that's totally fine. Make sure you go into Bryce and you drive through. They also have a shuttle that works as well. So you can take the shuttle in. I would suggest Sunrise and Sunset Point. Queen's Garden Hike is just a really short hike. You go see some of the iconic hoodoos in Bryce Canyon, but you can also drive all the way out to Rainbow, Rainbow Point, which is beautiful. Get up really high and you get to look down into that entire amphitheater all of it accessible by car. Bryce is just, it's like a kid's playground. It's super fun. So make sure you check it out. Our course for Bryce Canyon is going to be about 14 and a half ish miles. I use ish loosely. I'm just going to tell you it's going to be 15. That's what I'm going to go with, Anna. I'm just going to say it's going to be 15 <laughs> because then when it's shorter, you guys are going to be like, all right, great. Thanks, Colleen. So 14 yeah, and a half ish. On the map, it's 14.6, but 14 and a half ish is appropriate. Yes, because you know some people are going to be like, Colleen, it was like 15.1. And other people are going to be like, I had it at 14.6 just perfectly. Everybody's GPS is a little bit different, but we'll we'll go with the 14 and a half-ish. More on the ish side than anything on that. Okay, Anna, any other things that we want to hit on with this Bryce Canyon Day 1 course? I don't think so. Just 
have fun out there. I love this course. I was, I was blown away. You, you get to see the Thunder Mountain Trail and the Golden Mall Trail. And it's all in the same area, but they're different enough that you kind of get two different trail experiences in one race. That's what I like about it. Yeah, it really is unique. And like I said, even when we do our Bryce Canyon Ultra, which is in May, uh, kind of a late spring, Bryce is one of our hardest ultras that we have in our Vacation Races series. But when I ask people who have done all of the ultras, Bryce Canyon, Zion, and Antelope Canyon, what's your favorite? So many of them come back to Bryce Canyon. So it is beautifully brutal is how I like to put it. And you're going to enjoy it. If you do have any questions, you can reach out to Anna at Anna at vacationraces.com, A-N-N-A, or our customer service info at vacationraces.com. And make sure to join us back at festival on that Thursday, because we are going to have a lot of fun things going on. Yoga starts at three o'clock. We'll also have elevated legs set up so you can go get in the compression boots Live music by Sapita. She's amazing. She does like, I don't even know. It's like a percussion. What? She has the hand pan. Okay. That's what's called a hand pan. The hand pan. And it's beautiful. If you need to really relax, yeah. Sapita's the best. Very so soothing. She's going to start at four o'clock. Dinner, of course, starts at five. We will have our awards that night and Stray Local will be with us. And they ran this Bryce Kenya course last, last year and they will be doing some live music for us. So it's going to be a fun time on Thursday at the Grand Circle Trail Fest. Join us for our next episode where we're going to be talking about Friday, which is our Zion Day. Oh, one of my very favorite trails, Anna. It's going to be great. So mm -hmm. join us next on our Vacation Races and Friends podcast, Grand Circle Trail Fest edition. You've been listening to the Vacation Races and Friends podcast. We'd love your feedback. Email podcast at vacationraces.com with comments, concerns, or stories you'd love to share. Make sure to watch for more episodes coming soon to vacationraces.com. This episode was produced by Colleen Rue in the Festival Sound Studio. For information about music licensing, contact Dane at vacationraces.com.